Bill O'Reilly here, Friday, September 6, 2019. You are listening to the O'Reilly Update. Here's what's happening across our nation. Next Thursday, September 12th, will be a very important day for our democracy. That will be when 10 Democratic candidates for president debate for the third time. The reason this is so important is because after the third debate, people kind of get tired of watching politicians say the same thing over and over and over again. So what I'm going to do today is run down the candidates and where they stand now and tell you what they need to do next Thursday in order to contend for the highest office in the land. The favorite by far is Joe Biden, but he is having trouble on the campaign trail. The perception is that Mr. Biden may be too old to hold the job of president. Sometimes he doesn't make himself clear. Like President Trump, his speech is imprecise, but he dominates in the poll because he is a moderate. However, the far-left press does not like Mr. Biden. So next Thursday, he must come across as authoritative and clear. If he seems befuddled, his position as a front-runner may well crack. Coming up in the polls is the socialist Senator Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts. If you study what Ms. Warren wants to do as president, it's a total change from capitalism to socialism. Same thing with Bernie Sanders. But Bernie is an old white guy, and that is not in vogue in some far-left precincts this year. So Elizabeth Warren has gotten ahead of Bernie Sanders in the polling. Both Warren and Sanders need to convince people they're not loons. But certainly... Their proposals are radical. Kamala Harris's campaign has not caught fire. I don't know if she can take on any momentum from one single night. Mayor Pete Buttigieg, a charismatic guy, good speaker, is not attracting much attention. Cory Booker, senator from New Jersey, same thing. Beto O'Rourke coming across as a nut. So he's pretty much out of it. Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota, the senator there, really no chance. Julian Castro, same thing. Andrew Yang wants to give everybody a thousand bucks, but he doesn't have much of a chance either. Coming next, my message of the day on the latest trap to stifle debate. Right back. Millions of Americans have been diagnosed with cancer or a serious illness. If you are one of them and money is a problem, you're not alone. It's simple. If you own a life insurance policy of $100,000 or more, then LifeGuide Partners can evaluate your coverage for free to see if you qualify for cash now when you need it the most. Be ready to take down this number. If you own a life insurance policy of $100,000 or more and you are living with a serious illness, then LifeGuide Partners can evaluate your coverage free to see if you qualify for cash now. So write this number down, 1-888-GUIDE-50. Totally free to call. Get rid of those insurance premiums. Stop paying them. Consider turning that life policy into cash. The number again, 1-888-GUIDE-50. 1-888-484-3350. 1-888-GUIDE-50. Call now.
Time now for the O'Reilly Update. Message of the day, just in time to capitalize on the race hysteria in America, comes a new book entitled How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi, who directs the Anti-Racist Center at American University in Washington, D.C. Now, I've not read the book, but I did see an interview with Mr. Kendi, who said some interesting things about the new social culture in the USA. In his chat with a reporter, the author sets himself up as a definer of what is racist. Quote, when someone says to me they're not racist, my typical response is, what does it mean to be not racist, Mr. Kendi says. I don't know what a not racist is, other than someone who is denying their own racism. This denial is the heartbeat of racism itself, unquote. Wow, that's quite the high bar. If you don't think you're a racist, that opinion alone proves you're a racist. Check, please. Think about this. You can no longer defend yourself against charges of racism because your denial is racist. Same thing with denying accusations from a woman, as Justices Brett Kavanaugh and Clarence Thomas did. If you say you're innocent, then you are attacking women. This is called the trap. If you watch TV news, and I hope you limit that, you know the left is branding an increasing number of opinions as racist. For example, if you oppose illegal immigration, you get the R-word label. Same thing if you support tough criminal penalties for drug dealers. And Abram Kendi takes it a step further. If you are not actively involved in, quote, combating climate change, you guessed it, you are committing a racist act. Says Kendi, quote, Climate scientists have found that the effects of climate change are harsher on the global south, which is primarily populated by people of color. So to do nothing about climate change or to support policies that are driving climate change is to be racist. So by that thinking, filling your car with gasoline is a racist action. So is flying on a jetliner. Who knew? Now, this kind of racism litmus test is impossible to pass, and that's the idea. The far-left cadres are setting up their opposition. If you oppose liberal policies, which have recently failed dramatically in places like Venezuela and San Francisco, you are a very bad person who must be marginalized or even shunned. When you think about it, the trap is a brilliant piece of propaganda that the mass media has enthusiastically embraced and uses as a stone axe against anyone who dares disagree with liberal orthodoxy. This is on display nightly during the leftist cable news programs. There is no counter to the trap on TV or college campuses or on the editorial pages of the radical left newspapers. In our new politically correct culture, there is no room for respectful debate. And anyway, we don't talk to racists. Again, quite an impressive totalitarian play. Of course, just by saying that, I'm a racist. Horrifying doesn't even begin to cover it. That is the message of the day. The O'Reilly Update will return with something you might not know. The Amazon Capital One data breach just hit. 106 million of us 
Just had our names, home addresses, banking information exposed. Forget credit card theft. Your far greater risk is home title fraud. Title fraud is rampant because identity thieves figured out the title and mortgage to our homes are kept online. Their big payday comes by forging your name off your home's title. So it appears they own your home. Then they borrow all your equity till it's gone. Forget your insurance, bank, or identity theft program. They don't touch this. Home Title Lock does. And they do it by locking down your home's online title and mortgage. The first 60 days after crimes like the Amazon server Capital One breach are crucial. So I got you 60 risk-free days of Home Title Lock protection. Claim your 60 risk-free days at HomeTitleLock.com and enter your home address to see if you're already a victim. That's HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com. Now the O'Reilly Update brings you something you might not know. America's taste buds have undergone some major changes with new food trends and healthier options dominating menus across the country. Same is also true for beverages. Whether it's a hot beverage to jumpstart the morning or a cocktail towards the end of the day, Americans are purchasing a lot of drinks. They're the most popular beverages in the USA, according to a recent study from Market Watch. Liquor starts the list. The average American consumes 1.6 gallons of the hard stuff each year, but the actual number varies by age, with younger people enjoying cocktails more than their parents. The most popular spirit in the USA? Vodka. Wine and beer more widely consumed than the hard stuff. Combined, the average American drinks 25 gallons of non-spirit-based alcohol. The country continues its love affair with Bud Light. That remains the top brand of beer since its introduction back in 1982. Bottled water, third most popular beverage in America. In 2017, consumers drank more than 13.5 billion gallons of bottled water. The average American drinks 33 gallons a year. Soda and other carbonated beverages take the number two spot. Brands such as Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and others are mostly popular among Americans under 50. Not so much for older generations. More than half of all Americans consume a carbonated beverage at least once a day. The most popular drink in America by a mile is coffee. The country loves caffeine, drinking 90 gallons of coffee per person. 90 gallons. The average cup sells for about three bucks at your local coffee shop. If you deposited the price of a single coffee every day in a savings account, after 50 years, you'd end up with 318000 bucks. Think about that the next time you order an espresso. The O'Reilly Update. We'll be right back. It's an uncertain world out there. You know that. Disaster can strike at any time. So you need to be prepared to protect yourself and your family. One way to do that is with freeze-dried food. It tastes good. It's healthy. can be stored for 25 years. That's why I'm happy to tell you about a company I recommend, Wise Foods. I have experience with them myself. 
During Superstorm Sandy, I lost power for seven days. All of my refrigerated food done. But my food supply from Wise Foods was as fresh as the day I received it. Visit Wise Food Storage, one word, wisefoodstorage.com slash bill, and explore their starter kits and long-term emergency food options. They are even offering free shipping, plus a big discount of 25% off for my listeners. So please go to wisefoodstorage.com slash bill, wisefoodstorage.com slash bill, or you can call 855-269-0501. That's 855-269-0501. Thank you for listening to the O'Reilly Update. I am Bill O'Reilly. No spin, just facts, and always looking out for you.